listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 12th chapter. Jesus said, I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you know that I have come, do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it is going to rain and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat and it happens. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So there's a phrase that I use frequently, especially when I was working with young adults who uh, had left the church who struggled with faith in the church and who struggled with the messages that they received. And what I often say to them is, if the good news doesn't sound like good news, it's probably not good news. I mean, that makes sense, right? We call it the good news, but so often it sounds like bad news to us. And, and most of the time I mean that, that the message, the message that they've received doesn't sound like good news. It sounds like power, control, sounds like manipulation. It sounds like a lot of things, but good news isn't one of them. But then, as I've thought about it, there are times when the good news doesn't sound like good news. It sounds like like you're pressuring into where areas of power and control are in our lives. and, And when letting go of some of those things, well, it may not seem or feel like good news. When we look at our text, we have this story of Jesus saying, have you not seen? Do you you not look around? You think that I brought peace, but I haven't. I've brought division and households are divided. And then it goes through mothers and fathers and sons and daughters and, and all the relationships with which there is division. And he says, can't you see? Can't you just perceive what's happening? Don't you understand? Everything that, if you think about that time when Jesus was doing this, of course it made a lot of sense. Because if Jesus said a message that everybody was all behind, well, then there wouldn't have been the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the others who got really upset with Jesus. Because as long as you are in this position of control and power, well, then that's, that's where you want to be. The problem with Jesus' message is that it, it confronts those areas of power and control. And areas of power and control are really good at using God to get on their side to keep you under their thumbs. 
I mean, every religion has done it, but let's be honest, Christianity's been good at it for a long time as well. We've had a way of using Jesus, using Christ to decide who's in and who's out. And as long as you keep coming here, as long as I have you under control, then you have to keep coming to me and I'm going to withhold it from you so that you have to keep coming here and, and then we're, we're going to have our relationship down right, right? I'm going to hold the power of, let's call it salvation, in my hands. And you've got to make sure you check the right boxes until you get some of it, Right? And everything that Jesus did pushed back against those powers of the temple of that day that said the law was the most important thing when Jesus said, the law, the law is not important. God's important. The law tells me I'm not supposed to pluck grains on the Sabbath. Well, here I go. There goes Jesus again. And, And the law says, no, actually only the insiders are in and the out are out. But Jesus said, no, women, outsiders, Samaritans, poor needy, oppressed. These are the ones that God has come to love, care for, and nurture. Well, if you're in a position of power, you don't want to hear that, right? That's when good news doesn't sound like good news. And so Jesus gets in trouble for it. And we see division. We see how how Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes and different people argue against Jesus when Jesus is like, "You, you missed the point. You missed the whole point. I mean, when you're in a position of control, what you don't want to hear is all are welcome and all means all. You don't want to hear the gifts of God are, what you want to hear is the gifts of God are costly and you've got to show up to get them and you've got to pay your tax to receive them and you've got to pray a certain number of times. You've got to show up for communion. You've got to have all of these boxes checked. Then you get the gift of God. It's not a gift at that point. It's a paycheck. We don't want all means all. We want some means some. We want to know who's in and who's out. We want to be able to manipulate and control God to say, God says these are in and God says those are out. Who was the one that Jesus was always upset with? Jesus was always upset with the religious people. If you were a tax collector, a prostitute, an outsider, a Samaritan, any one of those, he's going to have a dinner with you. But if you are one of the religious who doesn't get the message of God, those are the ones that Jesus was always coming after. We've always used God to consume power. We've always used God to put things in our place. We've always had this sense of, I'm going to have God in my pocket who's going to do what I want God to do to push my agenda. It's what we do. It's what people do. And humans, we're going to human. There's a book, there's a movie that happened about this. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called The Book of Eli. Has anybody seen the book of Eli? It's Denzel Washington. Some of you have seen it. And it's this post-apocalyptic world that all the books were destroyed. They destroyed all the books because they saw this as a big problem. And Eli, Denzel Washington's character, every night has memorized all of the Bible. He's memorized the whole Bible. Now, he's traveling across the country because he's trying to bring this to a place that's collecting books and information again. But he has to go through this town, and there's a guy in his town, there's this leader in this town, who's trying to find all the books he can. So he sends out all these marauding gangs to go pillage and murder, to find books and bring them back, because he's looking for the Bible. And what he says is, you don't understand the power in this book. Whoever has this book gets to control the people. See how that works? He knows how to use God to get your agenda out. Are you following me? In Christianity, we've, we've been good at this. 
We've done it for a long time. We call it the Crusades. We call it slavery. We've frequently taken this story of the gift of God and we've manipulated it to satisfy our own agendas. We do it all the time. It causes division when this happens. And like it, like it says in Jeremiah, that the word of God, the real word of God, there's all these prophets there at the time. I love that. He says, like, oh, I've had a, I have a dream. I've had a dream. And the dream says, we're in control and you're not. Hey. And God says, what are you talking about? Go ahead, do your prophecy. But we know what the real word is. And when the real word lives within you, it can be like a hammer on a stone. It can break and divide, it may not sound like good news. I've felt that division in myself. I've felt that time when good news did not sound like good news. You see, I wanted to be an actor and a rock star. That's what I wanted to do with my life. So I did theater and I did music and I did all this stuff and that's what I wanted to be with my life. And then I made a huge mistake. I went off and I became a camp counselor. Never should have done it. Because suddenly everything that I was good at, all the gifts that I had weren't used to be an actor and a rock star. Suddenly, they were for something bigger than me, something better than I had ever imagined, to bringing wholeness and life and goodness to the people around me. And suddenly, this word of God came into my life. And it wasn't like, oh, now everything's great. It hurt. It broke me. Because I wanted to be an actor and a rock star. And God said, I've got a different plan for you. I've got a different thing I want you to do. And I didn't want it. So what happened? I got depressed. It wasn't even like, oh, this is great. No, I literally got depressed and fought and argued with God until finally, I wouldn't say I was saved. I just said, I surrendered. I finally just gave up and said, whatever, God, you've got it. I think that's ultimately where the good news comes. The good news doesn't always sound like good news. Because God wants all of you. And God wants that fullness and wholeness in you. And sometimes that good news comes to you and it hurts because it means you've got to let go of the thing that you think you've got, which is control. And it reminds you that you don't have it. It reminds you that you're not in control. It reminds you, reminds you that it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. It doesn't belong to the church. I, that's always the differentiation I make. It's not Christianity. Sometimes it's churchianity. But in Christianity, we belong to Christ and not the other way around. Do you see that? And when life feels divided, it's because God is dividing out that part of you that needs to be set down. And that's control, that's power, and that's surrendering those things so that wholeness can come alive again. Fullness. And the real vision of God, which isn't about you, but it's about living into the fullness of what God wants in the world, that that could come alive. Sometimes it hurts, trust me. Sometimes it really hurts. But I promise in the end, it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. That it, it's painful, but on the other side of that, God's got you. And all the divisions, all the things that want to be divided between you and other people and all of those things, in the end, the good news is, is God's got this. 
So trust that. Trust living into that. But then trust more so that all are welcome and all means all. And that the real cost of being in the life of Jesus is something beautiful. It's that we know that the gifts of God are. If you'll pray with me. God, we are so sorry for the ways in which we use you to control the world around us and how we use you to push our own agendas and we use you to manipulate and to make ourselves feel better. But Lord, you, you know better. So bring your word to us. Bring good news to us, even when it doesn't sound like good news. Give us a taste of the fullness of life that we have to surrender power and control to simply live in your being, that your gift is free. God, we ask for your leadership then to help us continue to live day in, day out, surrendering all that we have so that your vision of a whole and full life may come alive. And then God, protect us in that journey. Protect us from ourselves when we get in our own way again and move in us and show us that you are alive and moving and making life whole again. God, we pray all these things in the name of love, whose name is Jesus. Amen. Amen.